Smith here with uh, Mind Matters, Navigating Head Injuries and Concussions. I'm here with Thomas, one of the attorneys here at Shainson Law, the Concussion and Brain Injury Group. Thomas, today we're going to be talking about the NFL concussion protocol and basically the return to participation protocol, right? What you have to do so you can get back on the field, back to playing. Yeah, as you know, it's the best time of year for the football fans out there. It's the NFL playoffs. We're into the final rounds and any NFL fan by now is acquainted with the phrase, the concussion protocol. Right. What is that? Yeah. Um, few people really know what it means. They just hear, you know, Tony Romo be like, oh, concussion protocol, Jim. But, you know, that's what we're here to talk about today. Um, the concussion protocol, uh, the NFL has a specific protocol that they run through, and that's a set of procedures and guidelines that are used to assess and manage concussions that are suffered by NFL players during the games. Designed, and of course, above all things, to ensure player safety. All right, so what happens when they suspect a concussion or a player has a concussion yeah there, there are two things that can trigger a player being pulled off the field and you might notice these uh you might notice at least one of them first player has an impact to the head and they exhibit or report symptoms or signs that are suggestive of a concussion or a stinger that's that's the first thing that can happen so you have impact to the head symptoms exhibited or reported concussion or stinger or you have these independent certified athletic trainer, booth athletic trainer, team physician, NFL official, coach, teammate, or the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant notices something from whatever part of the field they're on. So you have a booth person, you have a coach, you have a player, a teammate, and they notice these and they initiate the protocol. So even a teammate can do it. Right, yeah, There's it can be triggered by, you know, say uh you know we're, i guess we're past the time dak prescott but you know let's say patrick mahomes takes a shot and he gets up and he starts talking like it's 2020 travis kelsey can say hey you gotta get pat off the field that's something really? wrong here okay. um and i know like like i watch a lot of ufc and those fighters a lot of times you know they want to keep fighting they don't want to be pulled out of the ring for instance I guess as NFL players are exactly the same way. Exactly the same. You saw it a couple of years ago. Uh, I think it was 2021. You know, Mahomes took a shot, got knocked unconscious uh, when he was getting drugged down by a Cleveland Browns player. He didn't want to leave the field, but they wouldn't let him back on. He was immediately removed from the game, and uh, you know that that was it for that game for him. They luckily won. But yeah. <laughs> now, once they're removed, what does that "removed" phrase mean? Are they? off the field, in the locker room, to the hospital, what's what's that mean? Yeah, first step is they're taken to the sideline, the infamous blue tent. You know, you see that blue tent go up, they roll that bad boy up, and you're like, oh no. Like, especially yeah. if it's your team, you're like, I, I hope he's hope he's okay. They go into the blue tent, and then for their for the rest of us fans, this is just a shroud of mystery, but you know, we're gonna tell you what happens inside that tent, okay? So go into the tent, and there is a sideline survey that's conducted by medical professionals. This includes several assessments, one of those being the Maddox questions and a neurological exam. So the first thing they do, sideline, helmet off, into the blue tent, and then you got your sideline survey. All right, and what are the Maddox questions and, and what's the sideline survey? What is that? Yeah, it's, it's a quick. So they know these questions in advance. Can I prepare for them? Oh, uh, you, you could. <laughs> but but you, you would have to be in the moment to really be able to answer right. the way that they're designed. They're, they're, they're kind of cheat proof. Um, so sideline survey is quick. It's crucial, though. And what the, when we talk about Max questions, those are designed to evaluate the player's orientation and their memory. So, for example, they might be asked, what stadium are you in? All right. Or they might say, what's the score? 
or who are you playing to check their cognitive function. All right, so those are the Maddox questions. So I, those are just normal questions. Every player is going to know the answer to as long as they're in the right frame of mind. Exactly. It's, it, if everything is going the right way with cognition, they're going to know the answer to that question. They're not going to say they're playing, you know, uh, the Braves. <laughs> or something. Like, well, I know, like, I've seen it in UFC where uh, they talked about one guy who was, you know, he'd already had a concussion, he'd been knocked out, and they're asking him a question. He goes, I'm, I can't talk to you. i got to get ready for a fight. And they're like, no, fight's over. <laughs> These are kind of the responses they get on those Maddox questions, would yeah. be, I guess. Yeah, I saw a, a YouTube video this past week. Some guy got knocked out, got up, and started jumping around. Like, the fight was just about to begin. It might be the yeah. one you're talking about. Yeah, but. so, all right, so those are the Maddox questions. They're frequent, easy questions, close in time to this event that every, but every player should know with no issues, right? Yeah, they're they're basically helping the, the sideline surveyors determine if, you know, he's disoriented or if he's experiencing memory issues, some of the common symptoms of a concussion. Because those would be the biggest issues, right? I can't remember where I'm at or who I'm playing or what the score is or any, I mean, I imagine every NFL player knows every the score. Constantly. Constantly. Yeah. Um, so they don't know any of that. That's a huge sign. And it's easy and quick, easy diagnosis for the movement, I guess. Yeah, it helps them move on to to the next part of that, which would be, you know, it's, it's an indicator this could be a concussion that we're talking about here. Um, so that takes you on to the next step here. All right, and what is, uh, what is the next step? Next step is the neurological exam. This is something a little bit more detailed. Is this the sideline survey? Is that what it is? Or still part of the sideline still, survey. All right, so the whole thing, the whole umbrella is the sideline survey. Yeah. Everything in the blue tent is sideline survey. Yeah. And inside of it, Maddox questions first. Second question is neurological. Neurological exam. That's when they're looking at things like balance, coordination, reflexes, maybe, you know, the light in front of their eyes, checking the nystagmus, uh, you know, stand on one foot. They're checking for signs of concussion like headaches, dizziness, confusion. And uh, again, that all takes place inside the blue tent. So blue tent, hey, where are you? What's the score? Who are we playing? And then, all right. Let's, did that go well? Let's move on to the next step and see how you're doing neurologically. All right, now it's the neurological, is it mostly physical, like the field sobriety tests? If somebody gets pulled over on the side, is it like stand on one leg and, and walk, you know, walk in a straight line or what What kind of tests go into that? Or is it the, the flashlight kind of deal? Yeah, I think, I think uh, it, it's, I don't know that there's a specific checklist that they'll go through. A lot of this is guided by the team physician and okay. they do have some latitude in this process. And in, as we'll see later, they, they ultimately get to make some of the decisions in conjunction with, you know, the independent neurological or the unaffiliated neurological consultant. Um, but the the neurological exam we're talking about is crucial because uh, it helps identify subtle symptoms and okay. doing this in a thorough way might identify some issues that might not be immediately apparent. Because, of course, you wouldn't know anything about balance if you're just asking a few questions. It's like, let's get you up on your feet. Let's see how you're doing. Uh, you know, let's close one eye. There's a variety of different things that they could do. Okay. I guess, how crucial is the exam to the whole process? It is vital to the player getting back on the field or moving on to the next step of this. Because if they couldn't do the neurological here, they'd probably have to pull them and send them all to the hospital. I guess a physician in the ER to do it, but they're able to do it here with all the concussion protocols and all the doctors and, and everything there. Yeah, if, if they pass, you know, if they nail the Maddox questions, if they get through the neurological exam without any signs or symptoms, they may return to play. But if any element of, of those surveys if they're positive or they're inconclusive, they're taken back to the locker room. Okay. And back there, you've got a more detailed 
examination that goes on. So it's no longer sideline survey now. It's, ah, you're failing. Get to the locker room. Yeah, bad sign if you're a fan of that team. You're like, oh no, he's going to the locker room. He might not be coming back at this point. So what happens in the locker room? Well, one, how long does the sideline survey normally take? I don't know if there's an exact number that you can put on it. A lot of times you see with concussions when someone goes in there, it happens pretty quick. You know, it's these things show up pretty fast when you're dealing with a knee injury or, uh, you know, an ankle, the, a little bit longer. But these, you know, you usually see it pretty quick. You hear the announcers talk about it pretty fast. Oh yeah, he's got a concussion, Jim. And you know, So they know that, the answer pretty fast. Yeah, you'll hear it pretty quick. The sideline reporter will get the word and then it'll be on the broadcast. And next thing you know, and if they're going to be back out to the field, they're they're out there pretty quick. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's got beefed up. Um, you know, there were some controversial player returns over the last couple of years that led to a lot of scrutiny being placed on the process. So they've beefed this up more over the years and made revisions and added in requirements. The unaffiliated neurological neurological consultants, but. Um, yeah, the next the next part of the process is then getting back into the locker room. I think that's one of the things that was added in. And what happens back in the locker room? Yeah, the medical team performs a complete what's called an NFL SCAT, and SCAT stands for Sports Concussion Assessment Tool. Okay. And then they do a thorough neurological exam. And if there's any abnormal signs in this instance, they are not allowed to return to play. So what are the chances of my player going back into the locker room and get to come back out and finish that game? Yeah, it, it depends on if they can uh, get through the NFL SCAT standardized tool. They can get through that and they can, you know, show that they've been evaluated for symptoms and there's, you know, clear on symptoms. If they've had a cognitive assessment done and they, everything seems to be working well with their thinking. If there's the neurological screening and balance testing that are done, then that can say, hey, you might be able to get back on the field. This is uh, evaluation of the symptoms here for this the SCAT test. That involves checking for concussion-related symptoms that are reported by the athlete. Uh, cognitive assessment, that's gonna test memory, concentration, and orientation. So maybe a more detailed Maddox questions. Okay. The neurological screening, that's checking for signs like headache, dizziness, confusion, and then balance testing, obviously testing the athlete's ability to maintain balance that can be affected by concussion. And then from there, they're making a determination about readiness to return to play. And the people saying thumbs up and thumbs down, are they tied to any one team or are they to the league overall? Because I think the ultimate decision is made by the team physician, but there, there is some interplay with the unaffiliated neurological consultant, as well as yeah. anybody who's in the booth. and. What we've seen in recent years is them erring on the side of caution because you know a couple of years ago Tua Tagovailoa took a really bad hit that head bounced off the turf and didn't get taken out of the game and then the following week it happened again and there were really concerns about what if he was going to be able to continue his career or it's going to be too well, and it seems like as the team physician obviously you want to take good care of your players but a tremendous amount of pressure especially when you get to something like playoff season you know and that's one of your star players I can see tons and tons of pressure on that person to say, yeah, I think you can go back out, which is probably why they have the unaffiliated neurologist in there to be like, whoa, guys, what are you doing? Yeah, and and you could see that this past, you know, in the past uh, wild card round of the playoffs, the Rams were playing the Lions. Matthew Stafford took a hit midsection, falling down, got hit on the head by an oncoming player, and, and you saw his eyes just roll in the back of his head, staring straight up at the ceiling, obviously, didn't know where he was, but he was out there the next play. Or yeah, yeah. Maybe a player or two later, it 
it's like, well, yeah, it's a playoffs. Maybe that gets relaxed a little bit. And to some extent, you got to trust the player to just, you know, make a decision. I, to be I, like, whoa, yeah, I don't feel good, guys. Yeah. Uh, all right. So from a legal standpoint, how important are these exams? Yeah, the, the thoroughness, they're extremely, extremely important first because the thoroughness of these exams can impact the accuracy and diagnosis and consequently the player's health and safety um, or the accuracy of the diagnosis and consequently the player's health and safety. Okay. From a legal perspective, that affects, it shows the diligence and the standard of care that's been provided by the team's medical staff. I was gonna say, my guess is, and, and you know, there were all the concussion lawsuits while back where you know nfl players are like yeah guys y'all didn't treat us right my guess is all of this is going to make it difficult to sue the nfl for f future players because they're like look we're doing all the things we can do we've got this sideline survey we got the, the locker room scat test you know we've got all these things to make sure you don't have a concussion now they all depend on you so if you lied to us we're not going to know i mean but it seems like it makes it tough to sue the NFL about this stuff now, because as far as I know, they're pretty cutting edge with all this stuff. Yeah, it, it's definitely been affected and, and taken into consideration international standards and guidelines on these. And you also have the input of the NFL Players Association and the collective bargaining agreement where it's, hey, it's not just NFL teams are gonna do whatever they want. It's, this is a process that has been agreed to by- By the, the players, players League too, right? So yeah. So it's, uh, it definitely insulates them from some of the liability, at least you have to think. At least it seems, as far as we know, it looks like it would, I guess. Right. When can a player who's removed from the game for a suspected concussion get back? Yeah, players can only return to play in a future game after they've been cleared by the team's medical staff and an independent neurological consultant. So I think I may have said before, it's a large degree of discretion in the team's medical staff and they make the ultimate decision, but this does take into consideration an independent neurological consult. So it's not just the player, the player's team that has a financial interest in, in the outcome and might you know be willing to fudge this. You have an independent neurological consultant who has to kind of sign off on it. And, and I think that's a critical part of the whole process is the independent part, because I know players want to play, coaches want good players to play. And obviously nobody wants somebody to get hurt, but still pretty tough if they're your star player. Yeah. And they want to play to say no. Yeah. And, and you know, they know their body better than anyone. And uh, know, well, you gotta at least think they know what they're capable of and know the risks. So uh, yeah, it would, it would be hard to keep them off the field if they were uh, itching, itching to get back out there. So Thomas, that's part one of our uh, concussion protocol uh, for, for the NFL, basically. Uh, we're going to revisit some other parts of this in another podcast episode where we go into it a little bit deeper and talk about some different portions of that. Hit like and subscribe. Hit the bell down below for notifications uh, so you can see when we post the next episode as well as we further delve into NFL concussion protocol. And uh, remember, if you're in pain, call Shane, 980-999-9999. In pain, so I call Shane, 980-999-9999. In pain, call Shane.